Welcome to the Purple Mountain Podcast, creating a loving and sacred space to share spiritual truth and knowledge in this time of collective awakening. Hosted by Chris and Stephen of the Purple Mountain Spiritual and Wellbeing Centre. Hello friends and welcome to the Purple Mountain Podcast. We're live on Facebook tonight uh, with Chris and Stephen and we're so pleased to be joined by our special guests. Uh, it's uh, Mickey and Emma and they're joining us for the first time and they're going to be talking about many different subjects uh, which will include relationship uh, consultants and they are also mentors, coach, spiritual coach. We're going to learn a lot more about them during this talk and their journey uh, is an interactive talk so anybody joining us this evening feel free to uh, chip in with questions as well and as usually on the purple mountain podcast we're hoping that the next hour you'll gain some inspiration some insight and something will spark of interest here so it's a pleasure to welcome you both onto the podcast thank Hi. you thank for joining you. us thanks for having us absolutely <laughs> Yeah, and um, so it's such a pleasure to have you with us and giving this time because I know you, you're very busy people, you're doing a lot of your own work. Um, but my first question will be, as always, um, your journeys um, put so, sort of separately, but also as you came together, what's brought you up to this point and um, what has inspired you and pulled you to do the work that you're doing right now? Amazing. I'll, I'll probably go first because uh, he's a better storyteller than me and his journey <laughs> a little bit more exciting than mine. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm uh, born in England. Um, that's where, you know, I was born and raised. Um, I'll tell you kind of more about like, my relationship journey. Obviously, being, <laughs> that's our area of expertise. So I left home at 16 uh, against my parents' uh, will. They were not very happy with that. I ended up um, getting in, uh, uh, in uh, well, I ended up getting married uh, for nine years to my first husband, and it was a pretty um, unhealthy relationship. It was a pretty abusive relationship. Um, and like uh, towards the end of that relationship, I ended up leaving for America with him. And then we were together in America just for the last six months of that relationship. And then I jumped straight from that husband to another one. And I ended up then being in that marriage for 12 years. And that was my next relationship. And even though I'd learned a lot of lessons from my previous one, there was still a lot of unhealthy things going on in that relationship. Me wanting to very much fix, be the fixer, which I'm sure probably a lot of people can relate to, just thinking that I have a big heart and then all these good intentions. But here I am trying to to, to fix someone and obviously subcommunicating that basically there's something wrong with you and you need to be a different way. Um, so again, I learned a lot in that relationship, let's say a little bit healthier, but still a lot of unhealthy enabling behavior. Um, so relationship wise, not so good <laughs> up to that point. Um, from a work perspective, I, I'm a registered nurse. And so that's what I've done most of my life for a living, uh, predominantly working in the States. Um, and then I ended up uh, jumping from the last husband to Mickey. So I've actually never been single since I was 15 years old. I've actually always been in a relationship with somebody. Um, 
but this one this time I promised myself that this one was going to be like I was going to take care of myself in this one which I'd never done before that was that was new for me um and so a little bit about our kind of love story and then I'll leave it over to Mickey we actually knew each other when we were 10 years old um we ended up going to the same junior school and um together we were for like a whole year when we were 10 we're pretty intense little 10 year olds um and then obviously we were only 10 so that didn't last too long although we were totally loved up really inseparable and in fact we were just saying the other day we can't believe that our parents allowed it you know here we are 10 years old always kissing always cuddling um and then went very different life life paths like I said I was pretty much a married woman for <laughs> for most of my life um and then yeah so 25 years later I was living in America Mickey was living in Spain and flew back together uh, back to England and we just saw each other again after 25 years and it was just out of this world I mean if anyone's heard of twin flame divine union all those buzzwords all that it was like fireworks everything going on and uh, and we've been inseparable ever since and that was um almost going on three years now um that was Emma's first kiss it was my first kiss he keeps saying <laughs> And now he's going to be my last kiss. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking that the first and the last. <laughs> yeah. Last so then, what inspired us for this work? I mean, really, for me, relationships are my most important thing. They're the, what matters to the, me the most, to my detriment and to my, you know, positive. Like, because I lost myself in a relation, in both of my relationships, completely gave myself over to it to the point that I, I didn't even know who I was. Um, but here I am now working in this field because it matters so much to me. Um, so we've dived really, really deep in this area from everything that we know in our own relationship that we have. And then obviously loads of study and education about what it means to, to have a really healthy, loving, conscious relationship. Because for me, to have this is just absolutely bliss. It's, it's more than I could ever imagine. And then to give that gift to other people and for them to have the same, then there's no greater, greater gift, greater job that anyone could ever have, in my opinion. Um, so that's what's inspired me. And from a spiritual perspective, we've done a lot of deep work together and a lot of plant medicine and things like that. And we've been shown that this is what we were meant to do, that we've been brought together to do Amazing. this work. So, yeah, divine intervention. <laughs> And, uh, it's yeah. it's so in interesting and this is why uh, with every single guest we always ask about the life experience because it is what's brought you to where you are now and I find it so interesting when you talk very openly about past relationships and almost in a way choosing to have those experiences of what you've gained from it to what the work you're doing now it must be invaluable because you've walked in those shoes yeah perhaps when yeah. you're talking with somebody in similar circumstances yeah. so there must have been tremendous learning opportunities in a way it probably didn't feel like it at the time I'm sure exactly <laughs> it. And, you know and I, I see that value more and more because there's a part of me that you know you can get very much stuck in these stories can't you of the past yeah. and I don't want to live from that place but at the totally same time I know there's a lot of good and there's a lot of value and especially there's a lot of people that I can really relate to you know when they talk about things such as narcissism and you know all these abusive toxic relationships 
have experienced a lot of that stuff and and that is obviously so important to be able to relate to someone where like I know how difficult that is to be stuck to that degree you know I was stuck probably throughout both my marriages around halfway through both of them I knew they were not healthy and I knew they were not for me but I still stayed anyway Mm -hmm. and so I know how hard it is to make that leap and you know, oftentimes we hear people make it sound like it's just such a quick thing. It's an easy thing. You put that, you know, foot over the threshold and you just go and you just walk out. And it's like, it's so not that easy when you're in it. It really isn't. And and that I feel like I can totally relate to how hard that is. And especially like me, a, a kind of a stoic British, you know, all those kind of vibes where it's like, you don't talk about these things, you keep it all to yourself. Yeah. You know? I, I was too embarrassed, too ashamed to let anybody know what was going on and just keep trudging along, you know, keep doing my thing and until the point that I couldn't do it anymore. And, and you know, mine kind of, each time I left each partner, it was always a big, you know, it was a big, because <laughs> I built up, built up, built up, and then it's like, boom, can't take it anymore. Built up, built up, you know. Yeah, it's almost like, well, it's almost like a loop. And, and any type of loop is so hard to break. Mm-hmm. It can be very difficult, but very empowering once you've done it. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, um, it's something Stephen says that I'm always uh, stealing, but he, he says quite often with a lot of work, it's like peeling an onion. You can't do it all at once. You just do it layer by layer. Yeah. And eventually you do do it. You accomplish it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. That. So. I mean, that's what my journey is about now is taking myself along with it which I've never done before and I've done a lot a lot of healing and there's a lot of focus on myself which I've never never done that before and um I'll never put that down again that's that's really really important for me now so I think what's really interesting there Emma just as an observer which is really fascinating when you were talking about when you two met uh sort of first time when you were 10 years old and and I think maybe part of your divine purpose was to take to to have those challenges, to face those trials, so that when you do come back together, you've you've gained that empathy, that spiritual understanding, both of you, so that that could be so valuable, so that you're a force to be reckoned with. And 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 we've always been told that it is physical experiences that that teaches you more than any book or, or textbook or teacher. And, and that's so valued. So you've come together and you, you can feel the energy for the both of you. Very, very profound. And, and I wonder if it would have been as powerful if you would have stayed together in, in your younger years, how things would have been very, very different. So yeah. this is where you've got to trust in the divine. Yeah. You've probably when, got a lot of these answers when, in your plant medicines. Wait until you hear his journey. I couldn't have done what some of them ladies did where they carried his hand across. I'm not so sure. <laughs> I don't know at certain points. Like, I don't know if I could have uh, been been as, um, you know, as, as a perfect partner as they were for him at each point. You know, I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure if I could have been that for, for him. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. I, just want, I just want to make a point there as well before we move on to Mickey there. Uh, which is really something that we discussed last night in, in the circle when we were talking about ancestral ancestral loops and, and we're talking about not just as a global identity, as a human race, but also as a country. And you were just touching upon that uh, about being British and that, you know, we, we when we look at trauma and pain, particularly, we always often go to our childhood, don't we? And particularly we 
first culprits is our parents. But ultimately, we need to look at education. We need to look at society, religion, that also conditions us and programs us. So that's really interesting what you were saying there. And quite openly talked about, you know, being British or I'm part German. So we've got our own cultural identity within us that also sort of reflects in part of our relationships that we meet as well some because i find that i can be quite abrupt a little bit and that comes really uh, a little bit from my culture for being a little bit german that that's the way we are and and i find that as well that particularly with the british culture you, you don't talk about things you you know behind closed doors you get on with it head be a lot of pride being very proud of who you are. So how does that reflect? How have you sort of learned that in your relationship development about culture and, and how does that affect things? We're, we're from a very similar background, actually, even though we, we grew up in slightly different towns to the age of 10 and then we came together. Um, both kind of working class, right? So working class, um, scarcity, not much money, um, hold on to what you've got. Uh, stay close to home, you know, kind of uh, family values, that sort of thing. I think Emma's family was way more into the, the family values and, and closeness as a family than, than I was, but still that's a, a really big part of ours. Um, so much about drinking, pubs, um, you know, work all week, then go to the pub at the weekend and then work all week and then go to the pub at the week. This is where this was totally my life uh, for quite a long time. Um, now, what uh, the way I'd say that's affected my relationships is there's no awareness of it was it was ticking boxes work paycheck relationship mm. pub, friends just check, check check just checking boxes and no awareness of any of it the whole idea of a conscious relationship would have been absurd to me back then even though I valued relationships I've pretty much always been in relationships. You know, from one to the next, like Emma, but with like little gaps in the middle of maybe a couple of weeks and then next long-term relationship and then a couple of weeks and then the next long-term relationship. Uh, so this has been this has been a pattern, obviously. So how has, how has that evolved in terms of the cultural thing? I've moved away like Emma. You know, I think this is a huge, huge thing. We moved away. She moved to the States, got out of the culture. I moved to Spain and started to do what I wanted to do, the way I wanted to do it, and got out of the culture. Mm. You know, in human development is the country, the culture, wherever it is that you live, um, you can be graced by that kind of as in, you will move up your levels of development and you'll, you'll be moved to where your culture is. But then, like you pulled up to that level by, by grace, if you like, but then to get beyond that, to grow beyond that, is difficult if you stay there because it holds you there. So if scale of uh, one to five, let's say where you were brought up is like stage uh, or like a level three in terms of cognitive human development. You'll get up to there pretty quickly and then you're stuck uh, or, you, or you, you fit in. And if you want to transcend, it, everything's pulling you back down. Everything's always the energy, the people, the conversation, the lifestyle, everything's pulling you back down to that level. And if you want to get beyond it, you kind of need to get out really or completely change your, the people that you're around, the communities, find those little communities that have their own different journey, their own agenda at life, yeah. and they're focusing on different values and things like that. So 
that that was really our breaking free, weren't yeah. it? You going to America and me going yeah. to Spain. And that was I mean, it. the thing I, I want to add about culture is like we really want to change the culture around relationships. Yeah. That's our vision and 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 mission, if you like, is because we're not taught this stuff. We're just learned by doing. And for most of us, most relationships that we learn by, they're not healthy ones. You know, like even when you think of conflict or something, so many people think that that's normal, that's healthy, that's good to have. You know, I mean, ignoring things, yeah, that's not good to have. But, you know, all out calling each other names and abusiveness and things that just because you've seen that before, that it's like, well, I'll tolerate that because that's somewhat acceptable because that's what we know. And it's for us, it's changing that culture. And, and, and but yeah, that's like the primary thing in it. Yeah. It's like just showing people another way that there is another an, another way of doing relationships, if you like. And it, and it certainly doesn't involve, you know, a lot of that, um, a lot of that behavior that I think a lot of us tolerate that is really, really unhealthy. And, you know, we're, we're very much about same team on a relationship. You know, it's all about the same team and yeah, that's what work we together. want to work together. So yeah. for example, if something comes up, we'll look at it together side by side. So it's not like, you know, confrontation. And here's this thing and let's argue between us about who's right. It's something's come up. So side by side, let's look at it. What does this mean to both of us? How is this trying to help us grow this thing? What, where's the value in this? What's trying to emerge? What's trying to be healed? What what wound is presenting itself for us to give our love and affection and attention to? Um, yeah, that's, that's really that's really really fascinating there about because yeah. um, we were talking was, about the. the that's Egyptian, what I was going to say, Stephen. About, we about, about we were the Egyptian about side, yeah. yeah. About the ancient yeah. Egyptians and the male, the masculine and the feminine, how. In those times, there were very much, particularly in the ancient ancient Egyptians, they had they understood that the masculine and the feminine were both divine; that they were both equal. They were a team; they worked together. It was a union. Not one was, but in the culture, in the Western culture, and part I sort of maybe religion has a lot to do with that, where it's the masculine has been very dominant. And it's almost like in the 60s and 50s and before men were, women were home, there was that culture that has been created. So do you think that sort of has affected relationships? Do, yeah, you, do, do you do feel as well? There's a whole model that explains this that we work with called Spiral Dynamics, um, if anyone's interested in, in, uh, in looking that up. Um, and it's like you'll you'll see integral theory by Ken Wilber or spiral dynamics by Claire Graves, and Don Beck, Chris Cowan. But it really does explain this, how humans have evolved over time and the stages that we go through and how for a long time the men were in the masculine, the women are in the feminine. And the stage of consciousness that's emerging now, it's the, the new age. The men are going more into their feminine and the women are going more into their masculine. So there's this crossover that's heavily affecting relationships, heavily. Yeah. It's it's actually at the root cause of this whole, um, you know, empath narcissist. You must have heard of that, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It explains that pretty well, what's going on there and why that's happening. Um, I mean, I guess we won't get right into that because you'd have to understand and know about all the model mm -hmm. and things like that to be able to. Um, but it's definitely, you know, the the... The men have been in the masculine, the women have been in the feminine, and it's been quite rigid for a few thousand years. 
Um, yeah, it's an interesting. We were talking about it in uh, our group last night, just in conversation about that, how everything's set from us. You go into the education system, this is what you do, and then you get a job, you pay your taxes, you go into this relationship. And what you said earlier, breaking away from that and, and doing what you feel is right, and it can be very hard because that's a system really built to keep us on this one road. This is what you do, and I suppose mm. that's the same with with relationships at one time this is what you do you meet a partner and you go to work and like you say you go to, go to the pub do whatever you do at weekend and, and breaking away from that dogma yeah uh, it's very important well actually the course that we run we call it awakening in relationships and the wow. reason we call it that is you know you guys doing this i'm sure at some point you've had like an awakening in your career world where you yeah. go, I don't want to do the nine five, the run of the mill, off the peg job. Yeah. I want to go do my own thing. You kind of have this awakening where you're like, what? You know, why have I been doing that thing? I could do anything, right? And then you have that awakening. And then spiritually, you have this awakening, don't you? Where it's like you recognize, wow, I'm not just this three D person in this three D world. Um, and we go through this awakening process of revelations, and you know this we can have this in our cognitive development as well that I was just talking about. And what we like to talk about is awakening in relationships. That's the course that we're doing. It's there's so much to it that when you see it, you can't unknow it again. And you're like, wow, you know, so where this all actually came from was, it was just perfectly laid out. It was good. We both went through our journeys, which I, I can tell you more about my journey as well, if you want. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We both went through our journeys and this thing happened. And we were like, it really, it, it became really clear that we're supposed to help other people with this. We're supposed to share this. There's a lot of juice in this. People are asking questions about our relationship. People wanted to know uh, about it. And so that was kind of where it came from. So we said, well, let's teach it. And then as soon as we kind of decided to do that, something popped up in my head, spiral dynamics. I remember this model that I saw on a YouTube video for a little while. Uh, a, a little while ago, and I was like, this is important. You know, you just get this knowing, knowing, I'm like, that thing important. I can't put my finger on why, but I'm going to look it up. So I looked it up and I started. And the moment we looked that up, that was a breadcrumb that led us to the next thing, that led us to the next thing. And all of a sudden, woof, all these tools, uh, mentors in all these areas. And what they, they were actually teaching us were the steps that we took. It was, it was, it was a recognition of, these models that explained why, how we'd come together and how things have become healthy. And it was showing these steps and stages and the journeys that humans go through. And it was like a reverse engineering, if you like. So basically it gave us the tools to help other people understand and get to where we arrived at through researched models and and uh, deep people who researched and found found levels of understanding of human nature and what was actually taking place and so we were we're now able to teach it through those models does that make sense yeah absolutely and what, so what we got there the... organically then learned the the models that now that now teach other people how to get there yeah uh, what was the sort of moment what did it look like when you both uh, knew 110% that this was what you were going to do moving forward? Ah, it hit us really, really suddenly, didn't it? We was living in Manchester. Lockdown was happening. Um, 
Emma had been working at a hospice and she'd only been working there for a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. Yeah, children's hospice. Yeah. And uh, we were kind of ready to settle in the UK for a little while. And um, I was kind of doing my thing at home, a lot of spiritual work, a lot of, um, yeah, letting, you know, connecting to spirit and what have you, like going quite deep in that area. And we were kind of thinking about what sort of lifestyle we wanted. And, was, and I think Emma had been at work and she came home from work and I said, what if you could like just wave a wand now? What's the perfect lifestyle? Like, what does it look like? And she started to describe it to me. And I was like, it's exactly the same as mine. And it's to live somewhere that's hot, sunny, beach, you know, palm trees and a beautiful place with its own pool and spacious and somewhere that's, you know, not in the hustle and bustle, just a little bit out. Yeah. And, and then we was like, is, this not, is there anything stopping us doing that now? And we sat with it and we're like, no, like, should we just, <laughs> we'll just do it now? And she was like, uh, yeah, so we jumped on Airbnb and we looked up some Airbnbs in Spain, right, in a nice location. And as, as we started looking it up, we've just found something and we we're just like that. And almost exactly around this time, it became extremely clear that all this spiritual work that we'd been doing, how did we come with why, why relationships? When did the relationships thing drop? It was at that same time, wasn't it? Um, I'm not sure if it was just before or just after we made that decision. Um, yeah, we just like all of a sudden, I don't know, just a moment, and we're like, "That's that's what we're doing. That's we're just going to help people in this area." And like you say, just kept kept getting people commenting on our relationship, and it would just seem like a, just a no-brainer, yeah. you know, thinking, "What can we do together?" And and yeah. we wanted to co-create something, right? We realized we'd come together to co-create, to add value, to create ripples in the world, positive ripples. And uh, and we wanted to do that together, you know, as a, a, an emblem or a token of our love for each other to help that ripple out into the world. And uh, at the moment we made this decision to move and, and to uproot and just to cut everything off, we didn't have a lot of money at this point. We had a credit card and we were just like, let's do it. <laughs> now, uh, years earlier, uh, there was a, a guy I learned uh, conversational hypnosis from. And he'd become a business coach. I have a lot of trust in this guy because, you know, I've, I've watched him start this business and flourish and, and how amazing he's at it and he's changing lives all over the world. And I just put all my trust into him as well and into the universe. And I was like, okay, you and me and this business coach and this relationship uh, uh, purpose that we've been given, we're just going to go and we're just going to make it happen. And we're just, yeah, we're just literally... Emma quit a job to, within two days, and within about a week we were gone, and we were living in Spain, and we and we had this business coach, and we started following it, and turned everything into a lifestyle, into a business to help us do this. That so happened all in all in the space of a, a couple of weeks, from beginning to end, this whole thing coming together. Yeah, wow, amazing. A, so meant to be. Yeah, yeah. When something lines up so well, it's almost effortless the way it falls together and that sounds like a, a perfect example um well yeah. if, if that's all right i just want to ask you about when we talk about relationships and what would you say are some of the keys to having a healthy relationship oh same team you've <laughs> same got to be team. on the same team um, we, we always talk about uh, people talk about communication don't they how important that is and, and it's really really high up there but we say the number one thing is self-awareness 
because with self-awareness mm. so much because we also realize you know kind of again not to get stuck in the models but they're depending on where you're at you're not necessarily both at the same same place so you know i'm sure with a partner you can think like god we're not talking the same language here like you're not understanding me <laughs> um, and when people learn this stuff they start to realize that no we're just we're not on the same page whatsoever and i can't imagine you know we're ever going to be there's certain relationships that are not going to work because the people yeah. are at completely different levels of development and you can't always tell from the outside but then when you get close it's like you're completely in a different world you're experiencing the world differently so if you think of a very spiritually awake person and someone who's completely asleep to it how that relationship is going to struggle because mm. you're differently you're experiencing the world differently it's like that but way more um, when they're at these different levels of kind of cognitive development it's it's more so where do the where do the boundaries come in then because you sort of i can very much relate to what you were saying there and i think i find that particular people that have got into the spiritual movement and i fell into the danger of that i fell into the trap of that where i've learned this i've awoken to this truth and it's profound and it's amazing and i want my family i want my friends i want my partner to to awaken i want them to know as well and i think it's i've overstepped now what i've learned is that i i didn't have healthy boundaries and i wanted to force what i knew who i was and yeah. it, it is understanding and i find this even with friends as well so you know when you talk about relationships that you talk can we also talk about our relationship with our family our relationship with friends our children would you say sort of we can use those healthy tools with everybody that we encounter yeah. on our journey do you feel a hundred percent absolutely i mean i would say personally for myself because i've had a lot of turbulence in my family you know leaving at a very young age and ups i upset my family a hell of a lot and um you know th through all the growth that i've done um in my opinion i mean you'd have to ask my family to make sure they agree. <laughs> in my opinion i feel like our relationship is the best that it's ever been you know, I've relieved myself of a lot of, um, you know, wanting them to understand me where I'm at and, and trying to explain when sometimes people just can't. And it's like, it's okay, you feel the way that you do, I feel the way that I do, and that's cool, and we'll just leave it there. And it's like, I have massive respect for you and for where you are at and your journey, and, um, you know, and I'm obviously going to honor my own at the same time. So for, for me personally, on a personal level, it's absolutely transformed my relationships with my family. Just even not that long ago where I got in a kind of a group um, scenario talking with my sisters and my brother, and it would have ordinarily gone in a really negative path. And I just like dropped into my heart, into my feelings, and I just spoke from that place. And it just completely disarmed the whole conversation. Yeah. And it just, we just took it to what, what mattered in that moment. And then it were it were beautiful and uh, that would have never happened before without without the knowing that i know now you know all the learning and the education and um and growth and, and self-awareness and yeah. i think that's such a powerful message there emma that you, you've just spoken about especially now with a there's a lot there is a lot of divide amongst opinions and i think that's an excellent bit of advisement for anybody if the if the they're finding the disagreeing with people be it workmates friends family and just just work through your heart speak from your heart yeah, yeah. stay it. in that space 
Yeah. yeah, and with no agenda, I think that's the other thing. I'm not trying to yeah. change the person, you know, fully as I want my own opinion to be honoured. You know, same with yours, even though I might not understand yours, I might not agree with yours, mm. but it's still honouring that it's yours and it's, it's your choice. And you and everyone's just doing the best that they can with what they know, with whatever's going on. And it's like, yeah, just to honour that. You know, I'll, I'll never forget... Um, a video that I saw, like when I was in nursing, we had a video um, showing people walking down the corridor in the hospital. And on the video, there were these little like thought bubbles that were showing what they were actually thinking about as they were walking down. And one of them was like, um, I I've got to turn the ventilator off on my child later today. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. And someone else little thought bubble was, um, you know, uh, my wife's at home and she's sick. And I don't know if she's going to make, you know, things like that. And it's like, that really hit home to me that we don't know what's going on in someone's life in the, on the exterior, why they're acting the way that they do. But I truly believe that people don't want to be mean. People don't want to you know, be horrible to other people. And it's like, we don't know what's going on inside their minds. You know, yeah. we really just honor that. And um, just, that's what I think when anyone's kind of triggered or aggressive or anything like that, I just think there must be something going on there and I'll just, you know, respect that. And Funnily enough, we're speaking about this today. We were saying the two main dynamics at play there are level of trauma and how that trauma is being dealt with. Um, you know, how how are we coping with it? And some people become really attached. Some people become really avoidant. Some people become aggressive. Some people become withdrawn. And there's different ways that different people deal with it. And then the amount of trauma that they're dealing with is going to massively affect like yeah. yeah how they show up and i think yeah. when we bear that in mind it's the cerebral way of helping us develop compassion isn't it yeah mm. this is why as well so important not to judge as well like you say you never know what's going on with somebody yeah. you know uh, and it's it's a good way of questioning like you said there you know that, that person they must be going through something so i'll you know yeah i'll, I mean, I'll honor that yeah, Mickey touched on, didn't he, like the, the narcissism, which is a big, big thing. And it's like, um, I know it's not the case for everyone. And there's like narcissism's like a spectrum. Um, but there are some people that demonstrate the unhealthy narcissistic tendencies. They've had a hell of a life. They've had a hell of a childhood or something like that. But obviously, they look like the bad guy because they're doing all this mean and nasty behavior. Mm -hmm. but, uh, a lot of them have been physically, sexually abused. All sorts of things have happened to them. And perhaps um, they have limited cognitive capacity it, as well yeah. that keeps them locked in yeah. that and unable to change. And it's just our coping mechanisms as well. What were we taught? How how do we deal with adversity, with our emotions? And if we don't know what we're doing and then, you know, we're really defensive and aggressive and it's like, well, it, it kind of worked. So I guess I'll keep repeating that thing because that kept them out and kept me, you know, it's um, a bit of a vicious cycle, Whatever isn't it? Works, isn't it? Isn't it? So what we always say is if you're in a pattern of destructive relationships in any way, shape or form, um, take the attention off the other person, right? Especially if it's a pattern, you know, if you keep doing the same thing, yeah. then it's like there's a reason that's a pattern and it's not that person. And I really don't want to fall into what I've, I've recently found out is called victim blaming. And mm. I think that to be careful of and they need to be careful of it who the people who are in the victimhood because it'll keep them there if it helps them to take zero responsibility for anything which is going to keep them stuck but then also i need to be careful when i'm talking about it as well because i don't want to make it their fault 
but it is their responsibility. You know, it's it's our responsibility to 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 work with these things. Um, so I will not want to fall into that, but yeah, take the attention off the other person and say, why am I attracting these people? Yeah. Um, what what's going on? What what is it in me that either finds them attractive or attracts them to me? And you'll normally find it's low self-esteem. It's low self-esteem. It's what we call relationship value. So you if you have really low relationship value in your own mind then you'll take any breadcrumbs that anyone throws you and you'll pull them in because you're like, oh, somebody wants me. Low self-worth, yeah. low relationship value. And then, you, then you're kind of bonded into that and you're putting this other person on a pedestal for whatever reason. So um, what we say to break that pattern is you cultivate relationship value. So think about everything in you that is high relationship value. It might be I'm non-judgmental, I'm, I'm very accepting, um, I'm kind. I care deeply about the other person, right? And think of all the things in you that are low relationship value, which might be mind games. I play mind games. I'm a bit manipulative and controlling in a really covert kind of way. I'm trying to always get the person to do what I want them to do. You know, even though that can be wrapped up in in the, you know, in a disguise of I care about you, it can actually be, yeah, I care about you, but I'm also going to try and control you so that you don't leave me, so that you don't X, Y, Z. Um, so it's like figuring out what our low relationship value is as well, right? And then once we know our high relationship value and we know our low relationship value, it's it's then working with the low relationship value to stop playing mind games, to stop needing to manipulate, to stop wanting to control other people, to stop being the victim, to stop because how much attention does someone get when they're the victim of a relationship? How much yeah. attention, how many people are poor you, poor you, and it happens again and again and it reinforces it. And it's people get addicted to that. They get addicted yeah. to the attention. And it's, uh, yeah, we just, so we've got, once we raise our value and let go of these things that are holding us back, we just make better choices. We don't even need to think about the other person because we have such high self worth in the area of relationships at this point that. It, you know, we're not just going to take the breadcrumbs that someone throws at us. And this was a big part of, a huge part of my development in my story, my journey was a big part of it. And there was a moment when I realized what my relationship value was and I burst into tears and I sat, I think, I wasn't even thinking about it either really. And just hit me. And um, it was actually, I was in an altered state, psychedelics, and I was just sat on my own. And this thing just hit me and I just burst into tears and nothing was the same after that. And I just realized what my value was. Um, and in case you're curious, the value that I realized that I had was that I will love somebody loads and loads every day and I will remake the choice to love them more as, as much as I can each day with so much affection and so much care and mean it from my heart and soul. And I will always only want what's best for them. If they want to leave me, I will let them leave gracefully. I will never try and control or pull them in. And I was like, that's quite rare. There's, I'm not going to put conditions on it. And the moment I realized that not many people have that and I have this thing, you know, I, was, I realized like, wow, like, I, I don't just want to give this to anyone. I'm, I'm going to wait until I find someone. And this might sound a bit iffy the way that I'm going to describe it, but I thought I'm going to give this to someone who absolutely deserves it, someone who's got a beautiful, beautiful heart and soul and they and they are beautiful people that show up in the world and only want the best for everybody that's who i'm going to give this to someone who's a beautiful beautiful partner to spend my life with and then when she come in and then i met one <laughs> you manifested it didn't you you manifested it didn't you that manifest that co-creation the universe 
the universe heard you and and like a heart uh, you know harmony that vibration brought you together to create to help other people it's lovely yeah. to hear that story i'll tell you a few steps actually there were a few steps that led it was such a strange journey um so i think probably we've moved on so too far for me to go through my whole journey but i'll tell you this thing that happened um I, and in 2011, having been on a, I'd gone through the whole world of having a, a difficult childhood, not because I was abused or anything like that. My mum was very like physical. I had really bad asthma and really bad eczema. And all I remember from being young really is itching all the time and not being able to breathe. Right. And so there's a lot of trauma in my body that was, I mean, and obviously that has an emotional thing behind it, whether it's past life or whatever. But that was where my trauma came from. And from there, I became a, a massive avoider and escaper and an overthinker and anything I could do to get away with it. And then that took me on a on a journey of hedonism and just down, you know, alcohol and drugs and party lifestyle and just never staying still, moving around and living everywhere. This has kind of been my journey. But what I realized was I had a real, real deep and I dare I say a passion for altered states. I realized I was absolutely adored altered states whatever brought that on um and it was the world of psychedelics that's where it was and the moment i experienced lsd when i was about 18 something in me was like wow life is never going to be the same again and then it, whenever i had the opportunity to use psychedelics um it started off just for fun but then when all my friends went home i'd sit there in my, on my own and all this stuff were happening i was like this, this is special this is changing me a lot um, so that was kind of my journey going through all these things and throughout that there was girlfriends and then a few weeks of being single and then girlfriend and a few weeks of being single so that's kind of the short version of my my story that got me to this point of recognizing and being given uh, gifted the steps to a design divine union um yeah. and so what you what sorry to interrupt there uh, yeah. but uh, it's just when you mentioned plant medicines and such and and journeys because we were, last week when we were talking to our guest uh, Max and and he uh, spoke of similar experiences and it seems to be so uh, relevant at the moment with everybody and everywhere you look it's almost like it's being brought now for a reason and a purpose. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm totally. Yeah, agree. very much needed. Isn't it's it? very much needed. We're going through a transformation, aren't we? Yeah, it's um, like there's a quicker way. Not that it is, you know, it still takes time, but that the healing, we, we need to get to where we need to be. These peak states move us forward. The trauma pushes us from the back and tells us to move forward. And these peak states yeah. pull us forward. You know, yeah. it's like grace. It's experiencing grace. And we're like, yeah, that's where I'm going. This is what I'm leaving behind. That's where I'm heading. And it creates this, you know, this, this beautiful, um, yeah, this movement. It creates movement in our lives, doesn't it? draws us into a new way of being and so this whole psychedelic journey led me to the jungles in peru um to to do ayahuasca and to experience that um, but even then i didn't i weren't sure why i was doing it you know i was uh, maybe it was just exploratory i didn't realize it was about releasing trauma and doing healing at this point i was just exploring consciousness um but then that evolved so having kind of gone through uh, a lot of shifts uh, through using psychedelics and things like that. I know people sometimes don't like the word using, but that's the word that I'm going to use. Using psychedelics. Mm -hmm. um, but I 
I'd just been in a seven-year relationship and I'd been doing a lot of inner work and I'd read the book um, Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by David Hawkins. It's fantastic. Changed my life. Um, you know, you always, for me, I always say there's like life before this thing and life after this thing. And there's a few things in my life that have had that life before that and life after that. And it's changed. Yeah, it's like, like chapters. Chapters. And yeah. this book, this Letting Go, Pathway of Surrender, before that, I was living, even with all the psychedelics and everything, I was living from the neck up. It was all just this thought, ideas, uh, exploring the imagination and the spirituality was all very up here. And then after reading that book, I discovered I had a whole world of stuff going on from the neck down. My body had sensations and emotions and stuff going on in there. And I became absolutely fascinated with it and I started working with it. And I realized what people call chi and prana, I found that. And I was realizing I can move this stuff around my body. And I started to play with that. And uh, around that point, my, that relationship ended. Uh, that I was in for like seven years. It ended really well, really, really amicably. She was the beautiful, perfect catalyst for that period of my life um, to get me from, from where I was when we met to where I was when we when we broke up. Um, she's still a really good friend of mine now, you know, and still so much love there. Um, but some, this it was so divinely orchestrated. It was like the company that I worked for went bankrupt, so I had no job, right? I had this car that I could sell. I'd just broken up out of a relationship and I had a job offer of going to work at Ayahuasca International uh, to go work work with the, the, the medicine and to help other people who were going through these journeys. So this was what was happening. So I went to that retreat, thinking I was going for four days. And then after four days, think I'll stay another day. And then <laughs> maybe I'll stay another two days. <laughs> and it was an 11 day retreat and I ended up doing 11 days back to back of, the, of this, this medicine right on about day 7 about day 7 of the 11 I think it was I've made a decision and I says I'm going to sell my car I'd only had this car for, car for 4 months and I loved it white Audi TT red leather interior I'd wanted one for about a decade and I finally had this car and I'd only had it for 4 months and I loved it and I really had, I had this moment to make this decision I was like I can go all in here. I'm here. I'm having a, a, a life-changing experience uh, with this, with the medicine and with what's what's happening. I can either choose the car, the material, or I can take my spiritual journey hyper-seriously and sell the car, use the money to be able to pay for the rest of the retreat, and then just trust life is going to guide me from that point forward. I had no direction. And, uh, and I trusted, and it was that night, Literally the night that I saw my car, I had a big, profound awakening, like a very profound Kundalini activation. Um, and it was, I know it's different for everybody. My experience of it was an opening of a portal um, that I could see with my mind's eye with these beautiful angelic beings all gathered around and this unbelievably powerful message of, we've been waiting your whole life for this. This was always going to happen. Now is the time. I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea, but I could feel it being beamed down yeah. with more love than anyone could probably possibly put into words or imagine. You know, the love was incredible. It was indescribable completely. And the love was so profound that all I could do was cry and say thank you. I couldn't say I love you back because it would be stupid, like spitting in the ocean, right? It was just 
there was so much of it. All I could do was cry yeah. and be on my knees and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I couldn't believe it was happening. And I remember saying at one point, I'm like, why are you doing this for me? I couldn't understand why they were giving me this. And I remember shouting out, I don't deserve it. And something mm-hmm. in me was with love, like a, a, a negative belief. Um, and so as this happened, there was kind of, to just tell you a little bit about the, the, the experience itself, there was a, my spirit guide who I've been told about three times um, but I've always met it with skepticism. I was spiritual and spiritual minded and I had spiritual beliefs and ideas, but I've not had such a profound and direct experience of it at this point. And even when I said I'm moving the prana, I didn't know what that was at that point. I was just exploring these sensations and playing with it. Um, and then I've been told in the run up to this retreat, probably three times I've been told about this, this spirit guide. And there he was sat in front of me as though he was in the room. The, the angelic beings were beings were in like a, a third eye vision, but he was sat right in front of me there. And he held my hand and I felt everything in me, all the tension in my body completely dissolve. And so this was this was the activation. And at that point, I had ultimate clarity, so much clarity, where all judgment fell away because I could see that everything was agreed. Everyone I'd hurt, everyone who'd ever hurt me, anyone who was hurting anyone on a soul level, on a spiritual level, it was all agreed. Everyone was asking, asking for and getting exactly what they wanted in that moment. So I know we'd mentioned it before when we, we had a bit of a, a talk before this about that story. I'd love to share it now, you know, to, to just mention it. The Little Soul. Yeah. And, so for anyone who's listening, check out that story, The Little Soul and the Sun. It's exactly that. So anyway, after this, I just got a plane back to Ibiza, which is where I've been partying for those years prior. And I, got, um, I went from Marbella, where the retreat was, straight to Ibiza. And I got there with just a few grand from selling my car, a few thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just trusting. And I suddenly started seeing feathers everywhere. And maybe, I mean, this is, if someone said this, I'd probably think they were lying, but I swear to God. <laughs> I just Googled, why do I keep seeing feathers everywhere? Right? And it said, angels, and I'm like, angels, guys, of course, right? Of course. And then I was telling someone about these feathers. I'm like, they're everywhere. Even if I say, show me a stripy feather, boom, within a day, there's a stripy feather. This thing was happening. It was mind-blowing. And they said, have you tried talking to them? They seem to want to talk to you. And I was like, ah, no, I haven't. (laughs) So I went to bed. uh, I was laid on my bed, put some nice spiritual medicine music on, put my earphones in. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to connect. And I connected and said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm online. I get it. I'm here for a purpose. I have a mission. I'm listening. Let's do it together. You're my, clearly my support team, my guidance, and I'm my guidance. Let's all work together and let's do this. Let's make this happen. It's time. I'm listening. And then boom, boom, sign, sign, sign. All this stuff were happening. And I kept getting these moments that brought me to tears or that were like, that were important. So I wrote it down. And then I had another one, wow, write it down. Wow, write it down. I didn't know why I was writing these things down. I didn't know what I was writing until after Emma and I came together and I realized there were steps to a divine union, the steps that we take. Um, and I still have them, actually. And it's too long for me to share now, and I don't know them off by heart, but I still have them written down. But a couple of them, one of them was recognizing your own value. That was a massive one. Yeah. That brought tears. I was like, that is very, very important to have a divine union. 
is to really deeply recognize. And when I say divine union, I mean a tantric kind of whatever that is, where you come together and co-create for the greater good. And it's yeah. always been going to be the case, you know. So this is our experience. It's only my my thoughts and my views and my experience, just to be clear. But that one. Another one was knowing that it was possible, believing it was possible. So you're on about all the cultural norms. I, I saw a couple called John and Missy Butcher on Mind Valley. Um, I don't know if you've heard of those guys. And you might have heard of Mind Valley. You might have heard of John and Missy mm. Butcher. But yeah. I saw the story of how they co-created this beautiful and amazing life together. And I was like, that that's what I want. Nothing else. I'm not everything else, anything else that's not that fell away immediately in that moment. That's all I want. I'm not interested in anything other than that. So I realized that was a big one. My standards went through the roof. Um and it's not standards of you're not good, it's standards of what I want in a relationship. That you know. And so it was all the distraction, all the maybes, all the maybe this person, maybe that person was gone. Like I, I knew very clearly what it was going to look like. Um, and then another one was I read Conversations with God, right, which is where that little soul in the sun came from. And there's another part in it in book two, and it's called uh, Tom Mary. Put, put the word Tom and Mary together and you get Tom Mary, T-O-M-A-R-Y. If you do a Google search, you'll be able to find it, Tom Mary. Tom Mary. Um, and it was about this, uh, these two, it says on a soul level, on a spirit level, once you've connected on a soul level, the human cells will follow suit. It happens in the causal realm, if you like. It happens in the spiritual realm first. Your higher cells have already connected. And then the human cells get brought together. And the way that I, I read that and I was like, wow, that's how it works. I don't need to go find it. I don't need to do anything. That's how it works. And alongside the other steps, the big spiritual awakening, the divine connection, knowing my own value, knowing exactly what I wanted, knowing that if I did find that, I wouldn't screw it up. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. I know it's all then. No, you could speak freely. <laughs> I did get to that point where I knew that I had my handled. I knew that I was that I, I understood shadow work deeply. I was processing my emotions healthily. I wasn't going to project my crap onto someone else and damage them and cause harm. And all these things came together. And I just, uh, that Tom Mary thing, that story about them coming together in divine union, I was like, I'm ready. I didn't even know I was looking, but I was like, I'm ready. And this something crystallized in my body uh, that I can't describe. It was annoying. And I was like, Connected to my guides, and I went, okay, bring it to me. No rush, in your own time, bring it to me. But make it extremely clear in a way that I can't ignore, you know, because I know that I'll, I'm, I know what I'm like. I've got an active imagination. Make it clear. And about two weeks later was when I received a call from my mum. Uh, oh no, a message from my sister saying, um, yeah, like, what are you doing for Christmas? And I was like, oh, nothing, I'm just going to stay here. And I put a little sad face, which I would never do. It was a bit out of character. Even when I sent it, I was like, I've probably never used that emoji before. I don't <laughs> I'm a really positive person. I don't send sad faces to people, you know. And uh, and I remember thinking that was out of character. And she went, oh, next thing I get a phone call off my mum. And she says, I've just spoke to Sarah. Um, we've said we want to chip in and pay for you to come home for Christmas, come back to the UK. And I'm like, do you know what? Yeah. A bit last minute, but yeah, okay, let's do it. And then, yeah, I came home for Christmas. I was at my mum's pub. And Emma's sister, who obviously I know from living in the same town and from being kids, 
she came up one night and she said, Emma's coming back from America tomorrow and, and uh, you, she might come in here, you might see her. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, not thinking a great deal of it, but thought something in me was like, that would be an interesting experience because I'm not seeing her for 25 years and yeah. we're so close, you know. I know we were kids and it sounds ridiculous, but we were so close. And uh, and then the next day, sure enough, Emma came in and I just made a beeline, went straight over, <laughs> um, just assing off, just being ridiculous and talking yeah. about everything and anything and actually telling her about this experience I'd had with the, with the angels, with my spirit guides. And I remember her being like, I think you've taken too many drugs, mate. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, talking about this thing. Anyway, we just something happened. We barely spoke really all night, but energetically we were dancing together all night we were that really intense connection was there and we were yeah we were just so connected weren't we and Amazing. then and then yeah from from mm. that point forward i went back to ibiza she went back to america and uh I've, are we running out of time can we uh, no no we're, 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 on. we're on it we're on, on a roll, roll. I'm gonna, I, I can't help it sorry you're passionate you're passionate and yeah, yeah. and uh and so we spent these couple of nights together and something happened right with oh yeah so the sign right the sign <laughs> one of the first things that we said as we got together, Emma's got this, this you can't see all of it right now, but this beautiful mandala tattoo, oh, yeah, sleeve, oh. goes up here. And me being into the psychedelics and things like that, and I'd seen all, I saw that and I'm like, oh, what a beautiful tattoo. But she had like a big gap on the inside there. And I said, what, on, you know, on the inside of a forearm. And I said, so what's going in the gap? And she went, a feather. Now, bearing in mind, this is the oh. thing I've seen everywhere. And I was like, why a feather? And she says, um... I just, I laughed, didn't I? And I was like, that's weird that you said that. I'm not going to tell you why, but something in me jumped to attention. And I said, why, why a feather? And she said, uh, my dad finds feathers everywhere and he thinks they're angels. So it was the same thing. The same reason uh, why they were significant to me was the same, exact same reason why she was getting it. So here's the, the she, she did eventually get it shortly after that. So it's a feather. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, this is like a stony road. <laughs> um, and and then we went on to talk and it was synchronicity synchronicity one after another after another a psychic earlier that year had said that i was going to live in pennsylvania which i'd never heard of at that point to the point i didn't even know which country it was in i didn't know if it was a country i just geography is terrible and um and i was so pennsylvania i said where do you live she went pennsylvania i was like no way and then i was like i really want to live kind of between america and the uk and spain and she was like no way i've been saying that for years that's where i want to live and between america the uk and spain so one thing after another and it kept evolving uh, so anyway i'd gone back to spain she went back to america and we're talking on the phone a lot like six hours a day like so much um but i didn't want to i didn't lose my rationality I, i'm a head type thinker so I, I did at this point as we were getting really close i said look if we're going to do this I need to, I need to, you to know where, what my life looks like. I don't want to waste your time. Don't want to waste my time. This is my life. Uh, I'm on this spiritual journey. I'm always focused on growth, personal development, alignment, living tr in truth in alignment with what matters to me the most and my core values and so on. I really went into it and laid it on thick. And I went, that's what it looks like. Do you want in or not? 
because that matters and I don't want to be in a relationship that's not aligned with that. Mm. And yeah. say, can you remember? Was... Well, just like that was everything I'd ever dreamed of, like, you know, describing the relationship and he's like, I'm not about arguing, I'm not about, you know, all, all the things I were like, that's so not how I wanted a relationship to be. He described everything perfectly that I've ever wanted. And yeah. I was like, exactly that. You and know? so this, this thing kind of it started happening at this point, right? And then went to bed and I woke up in the in the middle of the night, like I'd had a dream that this black entity thing, right? And uh, it'd come up and put its its arms, if you like, these tendrils into my heart space. And at first it petrified me, but then it started pumping me with love, 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 like again, like the love I experienced when I met my spirit family. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I just went, yes, really loud as I woke up. <laughs> wow what is that and i and i kind of looked down and this thing was still happening and i was like shit <laughs> i was so scared right uh, i know you guys are really into the, the whole and and you have direct connection to spirit more so than yeah. i did and probably it wouldn't freak you out to the extent it freaked me out <laughs> oh, i don't know <laughs> i put my head under the covers like a kid <laughs> put in the fetal position for a bit mm -hmm. um but then as, as i did that i was I came around and I was like, as a distraction, grabbed my phone. Like, that's what I, I, most people probably do, right? That's what I do. Grabbed my phone and looked, and there was a, a message literally just arrived uh, two, two or three minutes earlier from Emma saying, I've just woken up. Like, even with the time difference, we were both in bed at this point, with about six, seven-hour time difference. And she went, I've just woken up with a really, really strong pull in my heart. I'm sat on the bathroom floor now. And she says, I'm literally booking a flight to come and see you in, in Ibiza. I'll be there in two days. And we were like, I was just like, wow. And so it's kind of had this shared experience in the middle of the night. Two days later, she came out to Ibiza. Sorry, I'm really going on a bit here, but. No, no it's great. great. I think I uh, think everybody's hanging on. We want to end this <laughs> to the end. <laughs> and then, so obviously, I was going through a really profound spiritual awakening at this point, a big Kundalini awakening. My body was throwing itself into all these different postures, and my breathing was changing patterns. My whole breath was evolving and changing. Like everything was changing. I was having downloads of information, meeting spirit guides, and things. You know. Uh, and then she came out and just like like the wood, we spent the whole week barely leaving the apartment, right? So there was a lot of beautiful, uh, intimate connection and like a profound union. And then on the last day, Emma um, connected with a psychic and I'm pretty sure it was, you know, like in the Matrix where the Oracle tells him he's not the one. And yeah. then afterwards she says, you needed to, me to say that. I told you what you needed to hear so that you would recognize you are the one without me telling you it sort of thing. Um, and this this psychic was like, said to Emma, you're between two men right now, aren't you? Oh, there's two men in your life, which was happening. She was leaving her husband and coming to me. And so this thing was happening. Um, and so uh, we were kind of listening intently. She had her on speakerphone while I was there, right? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, the the um the psychic the clairvoyant said the new man in your life is just wants to play is not serious it doesn't mean business at all and is not serious is just a playboy sort of thing and is is not taking this thing seriously like you think he is and i'm starting started like questioning myself at this point i'm like well this is a profound experience what's going on so i'm checking myself is that where i'm at and which is 
super important check yourself check yourself check yourself and that's what i was that's what it forced me to do check myself and then i saw emma's face drop and all this stuff drop you know from from emma and then she was saying uh, your ex-husband is going to make this extreme or the other man is going to make this extremely difficult for you uh he's not going to let go easily it's going to be extremely difficult and so we had this thing just draining like out of us both all this magic we both felt this thing and my body started like i said this i've been having these kundalini experiences these automatic movements and things like that and they started happening my body started to twitch and start to move and do this thing and bless emma absolutely the most non-judgmental open-minded person on the planet um and it's like she says her whole life has kind of geared her for that working in the the hospital and seeing all the mental patients uh if i don't know if that's the if that's the politically politically correct word for it but she'd seen a lot of craziness in her life and she'd been through a lot and her personality type is really open-minded and non-judgmental as well that won't get into personality types but that's how she's set up and um and so yeah this thing started happening i'm like okay i'm gonna go upstairs now and, and be a bit weird and I'm like, you're welcome to come with me, but I need to let this thing happen. My body's trying to do something. And she went, no, I'll come up with you. And she went upstairs and I could feel my body started to book and book and book. And I could feel this thing happening. And she just leant over, put a hand on my chest and went, no judgment. And as she did it, I just burst into tears. My spine just, just bowed like that. And my chest stuck out and all these angels appeared around my bed. And there was like, it was all around the feathers. And it was showing me feathers, 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 and they were all around my bed like that. And I just knew at that point that was it. You know, there was a, there was no denying like what's happening here. It's clearly a divine union, which I didn't believe in at all. You know, until I'd called it in, until I said I'm ready for her. Up to that point, I'd never believed in it. And then yeah, I was like, this is it. And I cried it out, and the rest was history. She went back to America mm -hmm. for a couple of months mm -hmm. um, to tie up loose ends and finalize the divorce and get rid of the house and sell a car and change a job and whatever, all those things had to happen. Uh, and, and the psychic I, lady couldn't have been more wrong. Like my partner, he completely understood, you know, our relationship was really unhealthy. We separated beautifully. And, and we recognized that obviously if we're a divine union, he is also a soulmate of mine. It has to be. For us to be so mm. deeply connected, I'm also connected to him. Mm. You know, but, but it's interesting he helped. That, mm. I was going to ask you, I know you mentioned about as soulmates, soul partners, there's a lot of different terms people use. What, what your philosophies and thoughts are uh, spiritually? Um, because we've actually done a couple of talks in the past about soul partners. Is It's always a hugely popular subject. People really want to know. They have endless questions. So just, I'm sure you could go really deep into it. Uh, yeah. And you're welcome, you're welcome to. Uh, but, the, uh, but, but what are your core philosophies on it? I know you said then you, you didn't think a certain way at one time, but what are your philosophies on soul partners? I mean, just that like everybody that comes into our lives that are on our path, I think they are a soulmate of some kind. Like even especially the ones that hurt us the most. And they have to walk that path of being that person that hurts that other person so much. Um, I just think on a soul level, like Mickey had mentioned earlier, I think I personally think that all this is agreed upon, you know, on, on soul level of what we're doing. So I think 
everyone that is significant on our lives is a soulmate of 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 a kind you know the um there's like a biological one that perhaps you will have children with and then another one that you maybe will co-create with um and then another one or the the enemy if you like but um i do think it's all divine all these people i think it's it's like a a divine intervention um and for me it's a yeah it's a frequency thing i'm 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 normally hesitant to put labels on things that I, that I can't be sure of, you know, or that there's not some kind of um, really, really profoundly kind of uh, understandable and well-researched body of work or something around it. I'm kind of careful to not overly invest in it because yeah. I think the labels, like people talk about twin flames. I think so many people who think they're in a, a twin flame relationship just have really bad trauma bonding. And uh, and we say they are soulmates. That's why it's so profound. But then they're saying, this is the one, this is my one. And they get they're really attached to this one single person and they completely miss all the opportunity to, to grow and to show up in the world because they're fixated on this thing. So I think it has a very destructive uh, side to it when people overly invest in these labels it can be a way to not take any responsibility for your stuff and so i'm careful around that um, very very true almost with um when you mentioned about the reading that you received emma that in many ways it would be so easy for you to have invested in that and go well that that's my path uh, yeah. um, and uh, in a strange way the only way i can put it is like a like a test of your intuition yeah in a way that you don't know this isn't right for me no matter what anybody says i'm going to trust what what i'm feeling yeah that's it i mean i've always loved mediums and tarot cards and all that thing i've, I've always loved it i've always you know my family even though they're not really that spiritual we've all kind of always liked going to a medium but i've always said i'll i'll take all that i definitely heed everything that's said but i add that with loads of other things you know and then yeah. move from there i don't base my life off of that and think oh god now this thing's gonna happen you know it's that plus this plus this plus this plus this loads of discernment and then i you know make my choice i still you know enjoy all those things but i definitely don't um because i know some people that do that they'll pull a tarot card in the morning and their whole day will be based off of that card you know the way that it says it's going to be yeah. and sure enough, you know the they're, they're you know making that be true and um and obviously you know looking for that so yeah, I definitely um... follow your heart, but don't forget to take your head with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean it's important. I know Stephen would probably agree with me as uh, you know mediums, clairvoyant, as doing readings ourselves, and and I really pick up more than ever in the last couple of years that this energy with spirit that they want to empower that person that's receiving the reading to be their true self, yeah. to step into their true power, and and for them to make that choice. You know, the power of choice lies with them. Yeah. And, and so often, you know, people I suppose, become vulnerable and, and they, they want guidance. Um, but, but even spirit can't make the choice. Mm -hmm. You know, you have that power of choice. So I feel they're trying to empower people to say, you have this power, this wonderful power to do yeah. what you need to, yeah? And do you feel that the messages that come through are, it's like the oracle, it's what they need to hear, not necessarily what's true? Yeah, I mean, I know Stephen's had a couple of recent experiences that way, and and it's it's yeah, it's it's not what you want; it's what you need at that moment. Yeah. And and sometimes when things don't uh, come like maybe it might be expected, quite often they will fall a couple of weeks after or in the months to come. Uh, on I the mean, pathway. 
I mean, what you do there as well in the reading, and just want to make a point there, is that I find that the more that I've worked on myself and as a vessel to channel the spirit, to work with spirit, um, is that sometimes, and this is just as an observation, not as a judgment, that and I've fallen into trap in this many, many years ago when I first got into the work, that sometimes we can, in a reading, in a message, you can sometimes can imprint your own opinions and perceptions. And as you become a clearer worker for spirit, and as you heal your own trauma and your own pain, you end up not giving your message. And I find even open circles that mediums give their own message to yeah. other people because they've not done the work themselves. Yeah. And, and, and that, and I've seen that happen. And I think that's where we are moving away. Well, we need to move away from what we call going to people to tell us how we should be to finding your inner guru you know you we are powerful beings of of light and we have so much awareness and intuitiveness within us so many people don't tap into and i did a reading not long ago about four days ago and, and this lady was really unhappy with me because what i did was i triggered i i lift spirit lifted a mirror up that really triggered something really deep and profound within her and she was just crying and she messaged me not long after uh, uh, thanking me for the wonderful reading. And I knew what I was saying was right and she could accept that. So that happens as well. So you're just yeah. triggering, yeah. you're triggering, generally triggering in people and, and op opening, allowing people to open up. Uh, yeah. yeah so we call them trigger opportunities. That. Everywhere we write the word trigger in the work we do, we always put opportunity in capital letters. Yeah. Every time, so it's always a trigger opportunity. So to help people recognize what's going on, it is a, a divine portal straight to the core of, of the thing that's asking to be healed for us to, to connect back to spirit and you know find our way home. Um, yeah. there's so much more, you know, we could unravel in this. We've only started yeah. with well. We just it feels like we've already just skimmed the surface, but I wanted to to ask i've been taking notes all the way through but we're just good so so many things like you said i just want to say that uh there's some lovely people have made some nice comments uh julie Piers, who's joined us and she said i can resonate so much with this uh tasha who actually sits in our wednesday group saying she's really enjoyed it and so many people enjoyed your your story your experience and this is why on this podcast we always ask that question first because we yeah. feel that life experience speaks to so many people who would have had yeah. part of that journey or that experience, or they might be in it now, more importantly yeah. enough. Yeah, um, absolutely. But what I wanted to ask you about is, um, I know it was mentioned about mental health, and it's something myself and Stephen, I'm sure you feel very passionate about at the minute, that it's, that it's a huge issue in the world yeah. today for us that the true pandemic really is is yeah. what is going on that way and what's your feelings on it what do you feel is the way forward yeah uh, individually, um, collectively i feel i feel like yeah i feel like what's happening um do you mind me just yeah. uh, what i feel like's happening is um people are trying to hold on to a material or a, a, an old way of being and their soul is trying to evolve them 
And um, we say the strong-minded people also for the most. The people who have a really strong mind and they, they really hold on longer than anyone else onto the old way and something in them is trying to evolve and they're resisting the evolution that's trying to happen. <laughs> and really what we need to do yeah. is, is move with it. And I think this is this is what's going to happen. The pain's going to get so much. We're going to lose a lot of people to um, you know ending their own life. This is going to happen a lot. And the awareness is going to go through the roof. Everyone's going to know that we're all neurotic and ridden with anxiety it's going to become we stop hiding from it and then you know this it, we'll have the same thing written on the outside of the mask as we have on the inside um so like there's a lot more openness a lot more clear communication and then we're like now we're working with truth what we're going to do about it and look at this huge surge in coaches and therapists and spiritual healers and uh, all these people in these healing arenas like light workers as, as we call them right just coming up left right and center boom 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 i used to work in an office now i want to be a reiki healer i used to work in an office now i'm a life coach i used to work on a building site and now i'm moving more into um yeah like life coaching or or even kind of personal training anything that's to help people to self-actualize to evolve to connect with themselves to better themselves to evolve you know it's everywhere. It's suddenly it's just popping up everywhere, and it's like you like, said about the plant needed. medicines. The that plant medicines. Like in our household name, everyone's pretty much heard of them. The, the enneagram is another one. Uh, the model of the enneagram, the personality typing thing, it gives you a really clear map to get out of your suffering and all the way up to liberation. And that's suddenly doing like the whole world's kind of bumble it's popping up everywhere. The religious communities, um, this Christian specifically, have got hold of this thing. And it's spreading like wildfire across the Christian community, which is a massive part of the world, right? And and it's just the people who are at the forefront of it, the teachers are seeing it explode. And they're suddenly they're writing more and more books about it. And this is another thing. It's a sacred symbol that's been found across time and space in different eras, this symbol that keeps coming back. And uh, and that's what this this typing thing is, is on. And so again, it's like the symbols come down, boom, the plant medicines, boom, are there. The pandemic, everything's coming together just for this huge awakening, right? You can see yeah. it happening. And it's always darkest before dawn. Yeah, absolutely. And there was an excellent um, recent documentary, it's actually on uh, BBC, uh, where they trial, did trials with psilocybin um, um, and uh, antidepressants. Yeah. Uh, and it was a very fair documentary, I felt, which I feel the best documentary showed both sides yeah. equally. And um, it seems something that's really coming up to the forefront, therapies, you know, through through mushrooms and such, that the, the long-term uh, positive effects on yeah. uh, depression, on, on manic depression, it's looking yeah. very, very positive. And, and I don't know if, um, I, I know, Emma, were you having connections with America? Uh, that I see a lot of this in America coming up as well. Mm -hmm. You yeah, seem to I mean, be really ahead with that this sort of stuff. Yeah. One of the hospitals that went too far for me, I think it's uh, John Hopkins, were doing a whole study on it with the psilocybin and, and obviously cannabis as well. They've known a lot of the benefits yeah. with that, haven't they? You know, especially from like cancer and stuff like that. But now they're saying all the other, um, like for anxiety and things like that as well. Um, I've heard that they're doing studies as well with MDMA. I think that's with PTSD. Is that right? Yeah, with PTSD. And the, the massive, you know, freedom that people that are suffering really awfully like i think they were testing on soldiers i think with um for the 
yeah. with the MDMA and the results that they're having with that are profound. Like, it makes sense to have them revisit the trauma that they can't normally revisit whilst their body is flooded, you know, with all these beautiful love chemicals that you get from, from ecstasy, from MDMA. So it's like this every time you revisit a memory, it changes that memory, right? So you're not actually remembering the thing you're recalling the last time you remembered it. So when you recall something, it's the last time you remembered it, it's the original story plus how you were feeling last time you recalled that. And it gets tainted and changed and it evolves every time you revisit it. Yeah. But what they do is now they go back in there while they're, while they're in a really loved up, you know, profoundly connected um space and it's and it's helping them to release this trauma and stuff there's probably i mean there's way more to it than that i understand that's just the little bit of information that i got the okay. same with that psilocybin helping people who are dying right using it for the uh, the terminally ill to help them come to terms with death and uh yeah. the ogre is another one right that's helping people yeah 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 there was a there was another there was another documentary on and that was included actually called doused uh and 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 ibogo was mentioned on that as well as very powerful yeah medicine people ending um heroin addictions in a night yeah. or a nights and there's absolutely zero side effects no uh, withdrawal symptoms or anything yeah and i think they have a really high success rate with that what's uh, so really What's yeah, really interesting hope. there is that you've triggered something there within me and uh, we, we were discussing this with Chris that when we talk about working with our shadow side, when we go back to trauma, there's this perception that it's about getting rid of something and actually you can't get rid of it. It's still part of you, that memory, that experience. It's made you who you are. And yeah. when I went back to my very, very deep trauma, uh, it was horrendous. But I, it was during an ayahuasca ceremony and I went back to that and it felt like six seven hours of that loop going back to that trauma but then on the second night because i thought i can't do this it was so hard work but the facilitator encouraged me you know the ayahuasca she knew what she was doing trust in her and i then found that i can now go back to that trauma without the anxiety without the hurt without yes having having to cry because i've healed that so i can go back and still go back to the trauma and still find lessons in them without that fear without the fear of anger because yeah. i learned to forgive so yeah. that's you know people have that perception don't they about about getting rid of something and it's not it's about acceptance forgiveness mm -hmm. self-love yeah. so that's really very profound i guess you could say if when they talk about um perhaps getting rid you might say you get rid of the suffering you know what I mean? If yes, you want to, yeah, that, that, that's what you say. Uh, I, yeah. I, I look at like footprints in the sand. You know, the foot's gone, but the, the footprint is still there. That footprint yeah. is our gift to the world. It's our gift to the world always. Our trauma gives us our gift to the world, right? It's it, the, the traumas are extremely specific, perfectly designed. This is what I saw in, in the awakening. Everything is meticulously designed for us to radiate our gift into the world and the 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 it's a perfectly orchestrated recipe and i know this is going to sound way out there to a lot of people but the recipe is is it's divinely orchestrated meticulously beyond the the perfection that the human mind can possibly imagine it's immaculate everything about it is immaculate um you know even the way that our parents who we choose i had an experience and this was actually just in a meditation 
of seeing like my soul vibration right? it, um, when I was born, the frequency that I was at before I was incarnated. And then my divine purpose was to reach this, this frequency. And I chose my parents based on their frequency. So if you imagine this, my frequency, and it was like my frequency plus my mum's, my future mum's frequency, plus my future dad's frequency, plus the frequency of the area. And I could see it so perfectly. It was, that was going to give me the exact experience I needed in this life to, to, to go the path. And that's how I chose my parents, you know, before being born. Yeah. Um, and so that's like the light version, but it was a very visual kind of knowing rather than a, you know. Very much what we know to be true as well from our yeah. teachings. Absolutely. That yeah, you choose your parents. Yeah. You might, many might be asking who are listening or watching to this going, why? But you do choose them for a reason. And has anybody <laughs> seen that movie, Soul, uh, Disney so movie? Good. And it just completely yeah. depicts the story. It's such a beautiful movie. That's what we feel like happens. You're just going to need a little bit of this and you're just going to give you a little bit of depression because you're going to need that. And we're just going to give you a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> You're going to be really happy. You're going to be really <laughs> joyful. And to take all these souls that are all like a particular type of personality style, and then go right, you lot over there into that place, and send them all off. It's good. It's very spiritually cute. inspired, isn't it? Very much. But uh, about parents, there, you know, going back to what I experienced with my parents, that this is where I was in the cycle of blaming my parents, and actually, what Ayahuasca taught me was that deep down, we were all wounded children in our own way that no one's to blame and that's where that that overwhelming feeling of true forgiveness came in and I, and forgiving the people that hurt you that set you free because no one no one is blamed no one should be blamed because everything's happened for a reason and they're dealing with their own trauma as you're dealing with your own and it's yeah. liberating isn't it it's absolutely yeah. liberating it is. I mean, we can come at this from a lot of angles. We're using the head, the heart and the gut, the intuition, the knowing, the compassion of the heart, the love of the heart, the the rational thinking. And I, I would say for anybody, use all three of those centers to, to reach whatever it is that's going to get you to, you know, to connect back to yourself, to be able to, to self-actualize or connect to spirit and to live in alignment with your divine purpose and whatever that is for you. Um, for the feminine, that's generally... Um, how do I want to express love in this life? That's the feminine energy wants to express love and the masculine energy wants to fulfill a purpose. And we're both both of those energies, right? So it's, yeah. it's the balance of both yeah. of those things. Um, so I was, whatever helps you connect to that, you know, whatever you need to release to connect to that, use everything that you've got. We're, we're riddled with tools. We have everything, you know, the, the, everything about us is on the same team. It just doesn't always speak <laughs> yeah. to itself. Right, so the ego wants for us, and the personality wants for us what the soul and spirit wants for us, but it's doing it in a different way. This is what the Enneagram teaches us uh, your personality is a construct, an egoic construct that's trying to get the thing that you feel like you're lacking that is actually your true nature. And so, we the personality is the perfect, it's basically a massive arrow saying, This is what you are, this is what your nature is, this is yeah. my essence. And then, when you know so that, true. you go the personality um, by stepping aside of it, right, and letting go of the pathologies of the personality to recognize we were, we were that thing we were striving for all along. Um, and it's yeah. whatever it takes, man, learn and surrender and use determination, like, use all of it. And you know, spirit something in us our soul will tell us 
when it's time to be determined and push and make shit happen and drive forward when or when it's time to shut up and listen and sit still and lay down and whatever it is uh, we'll be guided to know when that is you know like burnout will happen when it's time to shut up and sit still um and, and obviously to use these things in balance so i would that if i could get a message out to someone it's like make it happen like you've got everything you need find the teachers find the teachings do the work um, collect like this the amount of resources out there is just ineffable it's indescribable you know the amount of trauma release practices and medicines and experts and coaches and healers and stuff it's ridiculous it really is yeah. just like an abundance of everything you need and it's within anyway <laughs> in, in this in this past year since we've been doing these talks and connecting with wonderful people like yourselves um it, it makes you there is so many people out there and i say like-minded you might be on a different pathway but the truth the truth is the truth it's there mm -hmm. you know once we have that knowing yep. and we resonate with one another and there are so many things and uh, and one person leads to another and might lead yeah. you to a book or a bit of information or an inspiration and it, it's quite true it's fantastic there's so much out in this world that we can immerse ourselves in to, to teach uh, yeah. us who we truly are absolutely and do you know what else and, and other people might disagree with this but i'll tell you what i think a kundalini awakening is i think it's when you get to that tipping point where you've 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 set enough of a deep and focused and heartfelt genuine intention to heal that we, we we heal to a certain point and we go over a tipping yeah. point where the body takes over and goes into self-healing mode that's what it feels like for the first eight months i didn't know what kundalini was you know it's not it's not something that had entered my awareness i just the way i describe it to people is my body's gone into self-healing it was doing all these yoga postures and these mudras and all these my eyes were going ballistic doing all this reprogramming and my, my jaw was realigning like everything was adjusting like and still does and I was like, it's like my body's gone, just decided to do the healing by itself, like it's taken over, something's taken over. And then at that point, as I connected with Emma, that evolved again. And that got to the point where I was, uh, I'm about to go off on one again, but I'll keep it quick. <laughs> <laughs> but as, we, um, as uh, I went to America and she was working and I'm sort of sat at home all day, surrendering to these movements and these postures and letting it happen and there were times i were absolutely screaming bloody murder like screaming the house down not so frightened or in pain or anything it was just trauma release so i was kind of witnessing this thing happening thinking wow this is a powerful healing experience so it might from the outside look like i'm in agony but it was just releasing trauma after trauma and shaking and convulsing and my body just ripping all my joints apart and um, and again as i got to a certain point then Emma came in from work one day and I went to give her a hug and it was like, started adjusting her spine, boom, boom, started adjusting a rib cage. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. Next thing we know, she's on the floor and I'm doing all these chiropractic adjustments on her with my body just knew exactly what to do. Um, even to the point one day, I just called her over. I'm like, come over here. And she came over. I didn't know why. I just put my hands around, turned her around and on her back, she had these two or three protruding vertebrae on her spine. And I reached and I just put my finger on it like that and they just went boop, boop, boop. And all three of them popped in. I didn't push them, I just touched them and they all popped back into place. And this started getting crazy at that point. And my body's like cutting these portals in the air and pulling things out and using them on Emma and taking things off of her and putting them in these portals. And I was just like witnessing all this taking place, you know. Um, 
So I think we get to a point where we hit that healing point. Now body goes into self-healing and then we surrender to the self-healing and then it, and then it works on other people. And it's, it's not, I am a healer as much as healing is happening here. That's what I feel like healing is happening here before the healing took over, if you like, I was doing it deliberately. So healing was happening here. And then that hit a critical mass where the healing just then self-perpetuated. And then when people come into my presence, healing is happening there. So I won't see it that I am the healer as such, but it's just an energy of healing is happening. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Really and then does. that's just evolved and evolved, hasn't it? And then Tantra, we started to realize our bodies just click together in the most obscure ways you can imagine, where, you know, my... What's this bit called? This bit here, it'll click clicks into different parts of Emma's body, like once in a tailbone, it's clicked into a tailbone. It'll adjust, it'll adjust her spine and adjust my um, sternum and my ribs at the same time. And then it's had it where I've been laid on her, and her spine has gone between each rib and separated them. And um, there's another one where my nose goes into her sternum there, the bridge of my nose, and I start seeing all these psychedelic colours and patterns and things like that. Like it's the bodies are designed to fit. This is how I know it's a sacred union because if we were different sizes and shapes, our bodies won't click together the way that they are doing. It's absolutely meticulous, so fine detailed the way they just click and everything's the exact right size. And it's adjusting our bodies, it's adjusting us, it's clearing the meridians, the energy streams in the body and opening all that up. And then there's like obviously languages coming through and things. It's and that's what it is. I think it's just get started on the healing journey and these things start to happen eventually. And it's happening a lot in the world right now. Is yeah, once you once you step into your, you know, your true your true path, your sole purpose. This is uh so anybody who's seeking that, it's a very inspirational uh experience for them. Yeah, and once definitely. things start to fall into place, yeah. Yeah, and I just want to say, like, for anybody out there that is experiencing a lot of this stuff, like, for a lot of people, they can end up in mental health institutions and yeah. things like that. You know, Mickey talking the way that he that he has, you know, some people be like, that man's crazy, you know. So if anyone is experiencing anything like that as well, it's like to know that you're not alone and it is does seem to be happening yeah. all over the world. You know, the more that we talk about it, the more people are saying, well, you know what, like, yeah, that is happening. You know, we did, um, when lockdown first started, we did a free, like a whole day, you know, mental health day because everyone was struggling so An much. Online, online retreat, online it was retreat, like workshops yeah. and things like that. And we, um, you know, we ended up like bringing some of this light language, you know, the soul language. And um, there were lots of different facilitators that were there that were Kundalini active. And so many of the participants that had never had anything happening, they were like, their eyes were doing weird things, their bodies were, everyone was having all these kind of reactions, but it were a beautiful thing because everyone Everybody was together and no one felt like you know a freak or anything like that it was like everything was you know allowed and it's like yeah this is your body trying to heal itself it's like totally go with it trust it uh, yeah. beautiful one and obviously yeah. we're, you always get the odd person who says it's a demonic possession and things like that the people who are not on the retreat not on the retreat no, no on the like youtube videos that we've put out and mm. things like that um well, it's frightening to some people frightening to some seeing people. some of the well, contortions and things like that it's quite frightening to some people to see yeah. that 
And uh, uh, I suppose it, it depends in a way sort of what you're ready for. If you're not quite ready for that, it's the, there can be fear of that, that yeah. opening up. But I feel yeah. it's so true what you said there, Emma, and, and a good, such a good message for everybody out there. If you do feel I'm experiencing this, is it just me? It won't be. Because I, I used to have a rule when I was in my full-time job years ago, and I was involved in this work, and I wouldn't go around talking about it at people or to people. But I always said, if anybody asks me, I'll always tell them exactly the truth about what I feel and what I do. And when people know that doors open, it's surprised what people open up to you. Mm-hmm. And, and many people came to me and said, I haven't ever told anybody this, but I'm going to tell you because I know you're going to listen and take me seriously. Yeah. So yeah. once you become around like-minded people, you can open up. And go, I know they're not going to think I'm I'm crazy here. They're going yeah. to think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think the other thing as well I'd like to put like a container around everything we're saying is um, it's all about you've, you've got to stay ra- rational and, and look after your mental health overall else because we are humans out there we? we are living having a human experience right now yeah. and, and these big profound spiritual states can absolutely wreck that human experience if you don't stay rational, stay, like I said, like put yeah. everything through your filters, look after your mental health, like learn how to interact healthily with your emotions, how to process your emotions, um, how to make sure that, you know, like if, if you're paranoid, for example, don't go doing things like plant medicines, don't go doing things that are going to fuel your paranoia, like work with that first, work with the thing that hurts the most first and do it healthily, do it on a human level, and then, and then you know, move towards spirituality when you've got the human stuff dealt with. Because I see people wrecking themselves. And again, it's like I said, it's all divinely orchestrated, but so is me saying this, you know. Yeah, absolutely. We just enjoyed the last hour and a half, so I feel like we could do another hour and a half, but we're, <laughs> we're bound by time. There'll be, I'm sure there'll be, we'd love to do another talk with you again yes, in the future. Yes, and I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be many people listening and watching who go, I've got, I've got questions, I've got more questions. But yeah, I just I want to thank you both so much. There's been so much uh, information given. And, and at times I've sort of lost myself listening and gone, oh, I should be uh, <laughs> meant to be asking questions here, not observing, but I've just enjoyed it. Um, but um, just what I'd like to ask you both is how can people get in touch with you if they're interested about um, and what do you have planned like workshops or anything like that you're offering currently if people are interested and they want to get involved yes yeah Yeah, so Facebook is is our main protocol like you can contact us there you can contact us by email info at mickeyandemma.com and that's Mickey as you can see on my name there with an E so info at mickeyandemma.com and it's um so that's the email facebook the course that we've got is a 13 week awakening in relationships course which talks about the kind of the, the cognitive development that we spoke about at the beginning talks about the spiritual side of it the cultivation of healthy ego um it talks about sexual development spiritual development um how to look after your mental health and your emotional health and your spiritual health and and just understanding where you know all the differences in people to help build compassion 
and is there's way more to it i won't go into all of it but it's a journey on compatibility you know so yeah. that you don't keep rerunning yeah. these same patterns you'll just know that someone's not a good fit for you like you know people keep talking about all these red flags and things like that we we get we get you to a point where you don't need to be looking for red flags you just know you just have a level of awareness yeah. where where you can see the truth and it is all about shadow work it's helping people see stuff in themselves that they've never seen so that they can cultivate that high value high self-worth high relationship value so that they make better choices from that point forward uh, so that's that's our sort of flagship our baby at the moment but we also work one-to-one -one with a specific person the people that we want to work one-to-one -one with are the people who've had a string of relationships that have been dependent they've found themselves in a dependent relationship and they've broken free and they've cultivated independence and they've become very independent maybe they've got their own business or career they're doing well there their life's pretty much stable they're on their own they've probably got an animal a pet or something which is their main source of love right now um they're stable and financially stable emotionally stable and they've got to the point where they're like i want to get back into a relationship but I don't want to go back to what relationships used to be like. I don't want to become dependent yeah. again. I'm scared of now moving forward in case it fucks up everything that I've spent all this time and energy investing in and pulling together. And so we want to work with those people. They've, they've come out of the victim mentality because there's, there's therapy for that and there's counselling for that and things like that. So they're, they're out of there. They've carved their own path, but they're scared of going back into a relationship. And we want to help them rediscover what interdependence is and how they can be in a super, super healthy, conscious relationship. Um, so that's who we want to work with one-to-one. -one. So, if, yeah, if anyone who's listening, we can help you with that. And I don't sure. think Mickey said it, but the next live course is soon. It's on the 10th of June. Um, and we run it, it's like, well, we say it's two hours, but honestly, we've seen how Mickey likes to talk. I'm the mouth, she's the ears. <laughs> well, if anyone comes to work with us you will be heard don't worry um but yeah it's uh 7p to 9p no, I say American, like, 7pm to 9pm uk time on a thursday and it runs for 13 weeks and that's the next one that we have um so if anyone is interested in that yeah, so we have got like a discount for the first people that do sign up as well so there's a few, um, a few spot five spots left uh maybe maybe like three three or four something like yeah that. something like that at the discount um one so yeah yeah that's it that's yeah it. and it, if anybody's to check you out on facebook as well i know that you put uh, you do some live videos and you put some uh uh philosophies and such on there that was sort of what pulled me in as well yeah. i remember that there was a post on self-love uh that really resonated um uh, going forward but uh, yeah that get, i feel you, your facebook page gives a, a very good preview of yeah. what yeah. everybody can expect as well so yeah. i would encourage everybody to take a look yeah, yeah. So i think it's a win and emma groves i don't know if we can share that somewhere but our name yeah we'll um uh, we'll post it on this video wherever it is or if you're listening to it on spotify we'll we'll post all the links below so you'll be able to find it and, yeah. uh, and I, I did yeah. just want to say like on the facebook profile like we do give a lot of help for free you know just because i know not everybody can financially get support um, so we post usually every day. If, and people you know, can ask questions and we'll address it in a video yeah. or a post and, and see if we can help as many people as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just know that we'll help in any way that we can as well. So the whole purpose of this is just for everyone to have as beautiful a life as they can. And so in whatever <laughs> way we can help with that, you know, we want yeah. to.
Thanks I have so to leave. Guys. I've really enjoyed this. It's been lovely. Oh. It's been, you two are awesome, so I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. You do, you just we've really enjoyed speaking with you both and connecting. And, and for anybody listening or watching, uh, we actually had a little chat last week in preview to this, so just we could uh, get together on a Zoom, and we did an hour chatting then. And that to me, <laughs> when there's that flow, it's always meant to be. Yeah, and, and when you feel energized after, and I just want to thank you both so much for for giving your time and for sharing it with everybody here. And I'm sure it's massively appreciated. I know myself and Stephen do. We want to thank everybody who's watching or listening for your love and support. Um, the Purple Mountain here, we're, we're volunteer based. Uh, so we just do the best we can. We just want to get this knowledge out there and speak to as many people as we possibly can and share that knowledge. Um, yeah, we're, we're also on, on Facebook and Instagram as well anybody wants to know more about the purple mountain and i think i'm going to hand over to steven to finish us off because he's been quiet for a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i keep saying it i you know i'm still integrating my plant medicine work and my big lesson is listen listen and observe um and because you you can learn a few things and 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 a lot of stuff resonates within me and and it's the beauty is we, we're all doing our work in our own way but we all speak the same truth but we all speak the same language and, and wherever you are in the world if you're a counselor a nurse holistic therapist and someone does massage we're all doing our work and and we're all doing our divine purpose and i, and I think it's been an absolute amazing and enlightening an enlightening evening personally and i've got a lot out of it and i'm sure a lot of people that have watched tonight so far and will be listening because ultimately what we're doing we try to inspire people and and i've really that really that word that's really profound i think that you both really use which really resonates with which is awareness and it is isn't it it's so simple but a powerful word is becoming aware aware of yourself internally externally and when you do it it, you see things not that the universe is against you but working with you the people that you meet are working with you they're not against you so you become rather than reactive but you become proactive with society with family and friends and and it's not easy (laughs) you know you are your patience your tolerance all get tested every day but it's just i can't wait to we should do two three four four five six more episodes with both <laughs> so i mean the 90 percent of my questions i've not even asked tonight so no i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my notes for next time <laughs> i'd love to um, yeah we'd love to yeah for sure it speaks yeah. for me we'd love to <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love that oh brilliant well it's been absolutely fabulous and on behalf of the purple mountain we'd like to thank you for listening and we say lots of love and strength to everybody and good night and god bless thank you bye bye bye